0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the One Thing Podcast. I'm Chris Dixon. What does the word accountability mean to you? What kind of response do you get to the word accountable? Well, today, I'm very lucky to have Jeff Marshall, the president of The One Thing on the podcast, and Jeff and I, we're going to attempt to demystify this big, scary word accountability. We believe this Classic perspective about accountability is a very reactive perception to what it really means. We believe instead, you need to leverage accountability proactively to hit your goals, to set you up for success. Use accountability in its different forms to be a tool or a form of leverage for you. Personally, professionally, individually, as a team, as an organization, accountability can be the secret ingredient that propels you to achieve your goals. Here at The One Thing, we believe that having clarity on your purpose, your values, your big goals, allows you to prioritize the things that matter most. What you should say yes to over time so you can stay productive to the goals you've set for yourself and achieve at a high level. If you like what you hear on this podcast and you want to learn more about how you can bring the principles and the concepts of The One Thing to your life, to your business, to your team, check out TheOneThing.com. Here, you can learn more about our one-on-one and group coaching packages, where you can have one of our highly experienced and certified one thing coaches and trainers support you in bringing these concepts to your life, to your business. Now let's go talk to Jeff Marshall and discuss how we can tackle accountability and use accountability to our advantage to achieve our goals. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The One Thing Podcast. We are very lucky to have Jeff Marshall with us today on the podcast. And Jeff comes from a world of experience, leading Fortune 100 companies, startups, scaling businesses. He is our Commander-in-Chief and President of The One Thing. And today, we're really excited to finally bring him on the podcast so he can share some of his wealth of knowledge and wisdom around a really exciting topic that we have for you today. But before we go into that, Jeff, I'll pass it to you. Thanks for being here. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah,
1: hello everyone. Chris, thanks for the uh, the nice intro. Uh, it's great to be here today, and uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to sharing my story with you guys. So, you know, my story. I'll take you take you back to kind of where it all started uh, for me. Um, I was born and raised in Southern California, so my life story took me from the West Coast to the Midwest from Literally sunshine, BMX racing to speed skates, from architectural engineering to, as Chris said, uh, running companies and jumping into leadership positions. And I'll, I'll tell you more about that as we go on and kind of the point of why I start that way. Uh, but for me, you know, I started as a, uh, a kid in California, as I said, racing BMX uh, under the warm California sun. My My life changed when I was uprooted from that life and brought to Northern Michigan. So if you can imagine 110 degree summers to negative 20, it was an adventure and I never appreciated why I was going on that adventure, but I found myself changing my whole life. Everything I was interested in, that brought me to Michigan where I embarked on competitive speed skating, found myself on the cusp of the Olympic dream. That was my goal. Um, I was... I was what I was what I was told was natural talent in speed skating to get invited to Wisconsin for Olympic tryouts. And then what I did is I made a decision that that wasn't the path that uh, I wanted to tread. So instead, I chased a different dream. I went into architectural engineering. And little did I know that my introduction to the world of business and leadership was just around the corner. So at age 20, while in college, uh, I was given a job as a manager. Uh, I was with a company at that time called GameStop. And I was handed the keys to a $1.5 million business, had no idea what I was doing. But it became 13 years of that company of unfor- unforgettable growth. I mean, it transformed from a private company to a public company, going from hundreds of units to 3,000, 4,000 around the world. And then I got my first executive position before I was 30. It was a, it was a crazy wild ride. So then I joined Starbucks, which I'm sure all of you guys are very familiar with. I headed operations there, working on some groundbreaking projects like drive-through innovation, mobile order and pay, a feature that I'm sure many of you guys use on a daily basis. And it was during that phase that I developed a deep respect for lean principles and Six Sigma. Uh, Really started to master operations and operation efficiencies. Um, but my journey was far from over. It's actually, Chris, where I met you. I went from Starbucks and then joined a company called iFly Indoor Skydiving. That was an ambitious startup to build indoor wind tunnels uh, around the world. And uh, it's as crazy as it sounds. You're in a wind tube floating on air. And uh, that was a wild ride building wind tunnels weeks on the road. Um, it's something that was always near and dear to me is joining a startup. I wish it's every, I wish every entrepreneur could experience that every business person could experience jumping into a startup while it was painful at the time, a lot of time invested. Um, again, it just helped me kind of form out, uh, my journey. Now, a couple of things in between, I joined some private equity and now my path led me here to, uh, the one thing, uh, as Chris said, my role as the president And uh, it's amazing. It's where I really get to fulfill not just the mission of the organization, but my mission, which is bring the one thing approach to millions of people around the world to just forever change how they view, set, and achieve goals. So why am I sharing this long story? Um, Because each pit stop, each switchback that was in my path, it truly helped shape uh, who I am. And it's just proof that you can go from BMX racing in California to speed skating in Michigan from architectural engineering to leading billion-dollar organizations, um, managing thousands of people. And so for me, uh, that was the journey. And it took me a long time to just realize that I was on that journey. It wasn't always the destination. While I hit some of those milestones. um, It was the journey along the way that I always take time to reflect on and, and share that story. So it was uh it was worth the ride, still not over. Still consider myself a young man. Um, so this year I'm embarking on uh running an ultra, right? Doing doing a whole new set of things uh to keep that journey alive. So a little bit about me. Thanks for letting me tell my story. Uh so Chris, I'll I'll flip it back over to you.
0: Jeff, thanks so much. And I'll I'll add that among all of those those experiences and skills, you're a fantastic coach and mentor and A lot of the skills I've developed professionally over the last 10 years have been in part from opportunities that you've exposed me to. So I will also say that you're a a fantastic mentor and I'm very thankful for all of the things that you've shared with me. And I think we can share some of those things with our audience today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks.
0: Great. So we have an exciting topic for you guys today. We want to talk about accountability. Like, ooh, scary accountability. But what we really want to do is we want to demystify accountability and talk about what it means for us and why it's so important that we leverage accountability to really drive us towards our goals and to achieve at a higher level in the pursuit of excellence and this journey of mastery. Like, how can we look differently about accountability and use it as a resource proactively instead of thinking of it as this monster that someone's going to show up and hold you accountable? Like, how can you switch that to it becoming a tool for you? So, Jeff, what are some of the Challenges that someone would face if they're not taking advantage of accountability, in your opinion?
1: I think you said it best. It's become this word. I mean, we we even I'll share this this experience to start. When we were thinking about our core values as an organization, when we revisit those, I remember the word accountability coming up, and there were people on the team, rightfully so. It's like, ah, you know, we shouldn't use that. We should say something else, right? It's a. It has a a negative meaning to it? And it's like, I don't know, does it really? And so I think it starts with, I always like to say, like, just define it, right? Don't, don't label it. Um, don't have a limiting belief around what that was. Maybe you had a bad experience of it, but like, what is the definition and the importance of accountability? And, you know, I just pulled this up as a way to just add emphasis to this, that it's simply just taking responsibility for your actions, decisions, uh, and the resulting outcomes. And so, you know there's a, a book out there i can't remember what it was written it's called the oz principle but i remember this quote from it that um has carried me forward and to embrace this concept of accountability which is accountability is the glue that ties commitment to the results right we all have goals personally professionally and without that accountability i don't think there's another word that you can replace it with like you need it you need somebody coming in and saying, hey. Did you hit the result? Yes or no. Are you on or off track? Yes or no. And without it, right, you kind of reverse that. It You don't have the glue that ties the commitment to the results. So you can almost expect what your anticipated outcome is. So, So again, summarize that. I think it starts with just defining what it is and being comfortable that it's not a negative term, right? It's a way to help propel you um, to the life you've always dreamed or to the goals that you want to achieve.
0: Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious, ready to eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef created, dietitian approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. Well said. I think about accountability in two forms at a a really high level. And there are proactive means of accountability and reactive. And and I think that classic interpretation of accountability can be from the reactive. It's like, I didn't accomplish what I want to. Someone's going to hold me accountable or someone's going to come in after the fact and going to have something to say about what I did, regardless of what it was. But I think there's so much more value in the perspective of proactive accountability and and seeking it out and building it into your into your system. And curious if you if you think of it that way too.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like before you go embark on that that journey, I think it is to identify, if you can identify someone up front, like who is that accountability partner saying it? It's like, oh wow, like that's when it becomes real. But the result is, if, if you don't do that, um, we we'll kind of look at like painting the stakes, right? Positive and negatively, right? When you are when you have an accountability partner and when you are accountable, you're more likely to stay committed to your goals, right? You'll have a clear understanding of what you're responsible for and what's expected of you. It's kind of the self-accountability. Uh, but then better yet, how do you proactively, to your point, enlist support into that to say, hey... I need you to send me a text every day. Did I do that thing that I said I was going to do? And I think that's what I hear you say is like, how do you how do you think about proactive accountability um, in terms of that journey you're going to go on? If we all had that early in our life, right, that one person, not just saying, hey, you can do it, but I'm gonna actually call you every day and make sure that you stay on track because I know you can do it. And I'm here to be a partner for you in that.
0: Love it so if you're sitting there listening and you're, you're wondering like why is this important like the risk of not being aware and intentional about creating powerful forms of accountability is that you're gonna get it, there's a lot of momentum or energy surrounding your goals and the New Year's resolutions are a great example but there's there's many other forms or periods when you set goals individually as an organization but just to use that as an example because it's consistent across all of these is that you get excited you get in a room with a group of people and or you're just sitting at home and you're saying, you know, I'm I'm so frustrated by the last year that I've got all this emotional energy. I'm going to set a big goal. If you don't create forms of accountability intentionally to support you, you're going to fall off track. More often than not, you're going to fall off track over time because that emotional bank that you're drawing from will run dry and it's going to it's going to require habits and short sprints of discipline. To keep you on track and forms of accountability. And so the risk in not thinking about creating forms of accountability is that you're going to not achieve your goals or you're going to pick your head up or wake up six months, three months down the road from setting them and realize you're so far off track from those goals that you're going to give up or pick something new to focus on and you're not going to make progress. And curious your thoughts on that, Jeff.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, so it's like great, now now you get through. Okay, accountability is not a bad thing, right? It's it's part of the goal setting, the journey process. So now it's like, man, how do you think about just all the benefits of that accountability partner? Like that's a, it's always a big one uh, that I preach, right? You, you've actually been there for me on that front. When, when you know, we were, we were just looking at kind of our sixty-six day challenge and getting healthy again. And right, I was, I knew I was going to get my text from Chris this morning. Did you get your miles in? Did you get your miles in? That makes all the difference because even though I don't report to you, it's still I, like, I don't want what's going to follow, right? So it's like, ah, <laughs> I didn't, but tomorrow you got my commitment. Those simple things. When we talk about the benefits of having an accountability partner, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a hundredfold, right? It increases your chances of success. I mean, studies have shown this, like right? there are studies out there that show that when you have another person on your side, you're gonna improve your chances of achieving your goals up to 95%. That's like, if you can only do one thing on your your destination, right, to achieving that goal, it's like, if if you can only do one thing, I mean, this is it, right? Because like I said, studies have shown like letting someone down is a huge motivator for people. I like 95%. Like, think about that. There's not no other study out there. All the tricks, all the tools. This isn't something that you have to go get a PhD for. It's simply calling up a friend and saying, I need you to hold me accountable every day. So I always just emphasize this point, the benefits of having an accountability partner. I'll say it again, achieve help improve your chance to achieve your goals at a 95% rate. Like that's, that's super powerful.
0: It's hard to argue with that percentage. It's almost, it's so strong. You you like find yourself questioning it, but it's the truth is in in the, the effort itself and and actually going and doing that. And talked about an accountability partner. So in the if we agree that there's a like a proactive, uh, bucket of accountability within there, it's probably a couple different forms to consider, and one of them is some self driven accountability. I would say. If, this for me seems to be the, the lowest or least impactful um, form of accountability, and it's within there you could leverage some technology, or mm-hmm. you're just gonna you're gonna draw down on your willpower uh, gas tank pretty pretty significantly. But uh, individual, like if you're if you're trying to hold yourself accountable, what feedback do you have about maybe pros and cons of that approach?
1: Yeah, th- that's a good one. I you know I, I read something, and this comes up time and time again. That, you know, they, we kind of preach this topic around self-awareness, right? Be self-aware, be self-aware. But there's a step that has to happen before that. And I think this ties in nice to when you're talking about self-accountability, you need to have self-reflection first. You have to have that, that process built in where you're taking time to just self-reflect. And it's not a strenuous thing. It doesn't take a lot of time. Um, what what I like to do is I reflect on my week every Friday. And I like to do it while I go for a walk. Right? It's a time, turn off the music, no podcast. And that's my self-reflection time. I not only just think about what did I accomplish that week, but how am I showing up as a leader? How can I better help my team? How can I show up better as um, a husband to my wife or, you know, my crazy tribe of six kids, right? It's that self-reflection time. You kind of force yourself into that box, no other distractions, and it really starts to add clarity. So I think to your question, the recommendation always for me is if you want to be more self-aware, if you want to be more self-accountable, start with the self-reflection. That's what we call the lead domino. It's going to knock the rest down. Uh, I, I, I preach that all the time.
0: Yeah. So there's a lot of power in self-reflection, and it's almost like a necessary foundation from which you can build other forms of accountability on top of uh, that can have a compounding effect. But if you're only leveraging self-reflection, it has limited, um, I guess, limited scope or limited uh, impact that it can have for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Elaborate on that a little bit more. Tell tell me more.
0: Sure. I, I guess if... What the point I'm trying to make is that if you if you're you need to do self reflection, you need to have some some level of self driven accountability that is your base. But if you're not thinking about, as you mentioned before, using an accountability partner or additional forms of accountability, that has a tendency to only get you so far.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just the start of the process. And I like to say like accountability um, builds resilience right? So it's Mm -hmm. like, then we can go off into this whole other topic around, you know, fear, right? And failure, right? You see this all over LinkedIn. It's, you know, it's not about the successes. It's about the failures, but you don't go on a a job interview and they say, Hey, tell me your story of, of all the things you failed at. No one asked that question. Um, but accountability taking that step that we talked about, like, how do you start with self-reflection? Um, it leads you to being more self-accountable and then more resilient, right? So then you're going to start like morphing from like, oh, I didn't do this thing, so I'm going to change my goal, like most people do, to actually asking the question, why didn't I do the thing that I said I was going to do, right? Whether it was, you know, we always use exercise as a good example because it's commonly what people always pick when we're when we're coaching uh, clients, like health wellness always comes up there. Right? That's one that always goes to the side. So, how do you become more resilient, learn from the mistakes, bounce back from that failure, and then use those experiences as opportunities for growth and improvement? That's what that self-reflection that that time for me does on Friday, which is like, hey, I failed at, but it's not a failure. It's asking the question what am I learning along the way? What got in my way? Were my priorities really set? That ultimately leads me more to the self-discovery, teaching myself how to think and not always relying, if I don't have it every day, an accountability partner, right? Builds up that resilience in my mind.
0: Absolutely, yeah, well said. And there's an example that that comes to mind for me. And what I I think I was trying to say is, if it you won't always have an accountability partner. You need to have that resilience and that structure built in. But when you have it, knowing how to leverage it to its its full potential or get the most out of that scenario. And, And an example that comes up for me uh, that we see time and time again is there's there's a question we'll ask in our in our in our process and it's what we we practice what we preach it's what we do but also what we do when we coach is asking like once you look at all of the priorities that someone has identified for the week or for the month we'll just zoom in on the week you can ask if you could only do one thing on this list this week what would it be and the person who you're speaking to that you're being an accountability partner for has asked themselves that question and come up with the list already but simply having someone else ask you that question it's fascinating like greater than 90% of the time it causes some different perspective or uh, like at least it uh, doesn't doesn't always move but more often than not it will shift priorities that are listed but it's it, it's just like a oh and it's just having someone else ask you that question that's so interesting
1: yeah Yeah. I mean, not just that, but also once you have that one thing identified and you've made that commitment, now you showing up as my coach that next week to say, okay, how'd you do on your one thing? Right. Are you, did did Mm. you get it done? Are you on or off track? I have to answer to that. That's where the discovery process really starts to happen. Right. And again, it all goes back to if you don't have accountability, accountability partner, self accountability in your world, Like you're never going to get to that point where you start to self-discover. Like I talked about build the resilience to the failures. Those failures then undercover, like flip the rocks over, like why, you know, what happened? So I love that. And and that's what I appreciate so much about our process is um, I just have to ask you really three to four simple questions. It helps you self-identify and self-discover. You just have to answer it. And you'll get to the conclusion like that. It's, it's, it's a really cool thing to experience. But it is uncomfortable for some people at first, right? Because they're used to the world showing up. Hey, no problem. Uh, you know, if it's, if it's too difficult, just switch. You know, do less. Uh, don't stress yourself out. But I don't know. I, I come from the side of like, hey, let's let's make it doable. But also, let's always think about the stretch. Because if you never do... Um, you're never going to identify how to change your actions, your behaviors, the things that are stopping you from achieving everything you ever wanted, right in the future. So
0: I'm a firm believer if you're not uncomfortable, you're probably not growing, but I think there's varying levels of uh, acceptance within how uncomfortable, and it's it's a muscle you build over time. So the more you are in places that make you uncomfortable, the more comfortable you are with being uncomfortable, which me is a really uh, important place to be.
1: Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So, what
0: are some different forms? What are some different forms uh, of accountability in your experience? We talked about some self driven uh, accountability. We talked about leveraging another as an accountability partner. And let's say that's in the context of a peer or someone that you, you have a relationship with. Uh, what are some other forms that, that you've experienced that are successful?
1: I mean, if you're part of a team, or even, I mean, this could be in the household. I think the the other one to maybe bring up is fostering a culture of accountability, and I think this works both in the home uh, or at work, right? Different contexts. Right? If I if I say I'm going to stop buying things on Amazon, my wife can hold me accountable to that, uh, but but does she, right? And how does that pertain to our goals? I think in organizations. Um, again, I I think it's become a little bit of a kind of a negative association to this word, but how do you foster a culture of accountability and thinking about what that provides? I mean, it's, it is one of our core values. Like I started with that. There was some debate around that, but how it shows up is, is great because if I say I'm going to do something, right, I know who's going to call me out. Brooke is our best keeper. She's a coach on our team, by the way. She's amazing our coach and trainer, Brooke is going to be the first one to call out that, Hey, you said this was going to be here by nine o'clock and I still don't have it. And it's like, Oh shoot, there's no hierarchy involved, (laughs) right? No structure in the org. There's no power play here. I can make up excuses, but it forces me to say, you're right. I'm sorry. And I'm going to now have to reprioritize what I think is important to actually fulfill what I said I was going to do. So I think that's a big step also And, you know, the the benefit that I've seen from it um, is enhancing productivity, how you get work together, get work done together as a team. I think it does impact morale, right? Because if you're waiting on on a whole entire team and things are feeding up to you and they're not operating in a culture of accountability, you're always going to be waiting. You can't be successful, right? And so it impacts morale, uh, creates disengagement. And then just when you think of the overall success of, of, of a team, right? We get together every single month and build out our one page plan where we have our one thing for the month for the quarter, and that rolls up to the year, which we set at the beginning of the year. We all have to show up and be accountable to those goals. So, Chris, I get to read it back to you, right? I read the goal. Are we on or off track? That's like a that's just a culture of accountability, and it's not a bad thing right? That leads to what I believe is better success as a team. Right, right. You're going to score some wins. Wins always feel good. Um, and then lastly, I would say just like leading by example, right? Setting clear expectations. Um, but also just being constructive when someone on the team isn't leading in that culture of accountability, make the phone call, say, Hey, Chris, right? There were deadlines and, and you're failing to meet them. I want you to know how it impacts my job, not making it a personal attack. The more you practice this, like we talked about several minutes ago, right? Self-reflection um, leading into resilience, having a, a your own kind of framework for accountability. It's like, you know what? You're right. Let me change my behavior for the better part of the team. So summarize that. I think it's a big part of Fostering a culture of accountability, both on the personal and professional front.
0: I love that you just said that at the end there because it's exactly where I was going to hope we went next around personal versus professional. And on, on the professional side, there are, there tend to be more, I guess, pre built forms of accountability inside of organizations. It's just one of those things that even, even like at a minimum level, at some point, you're going to check in on the progress towards your goals. Companies have to make money. If you're not, someone's going to say something about it and figure out why, right? That's mm-hmm. Eventually, there, there's going to be some level of accountability built in to a business, to the teams you're working on. And some do it really well. And some, you know, I think have opportunity, but it's still there. The other side of that, though, is the, per, is the personal side, where there aren't these inherent forms and structures and tools and models of accountability built in in varying levels. Uh, there there can be none in some cases or very little, if any. And we see this all the time when we have the people that we coach in the organizations we work with and their team members, should they let us, they they put their professional and their personal goals up and the, mm-hmm. there's a chasm sometimes between the quality and the the accountability on those two fronts. And what's been your experience with the distinction on the the professional levels of accountability and the personal and perhaps the gap there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. We like practice this in our day jobs of being accountable, right? Some organizations really nail it. Some don't. I will, won't spend time over there. I'll jump to your question, which is the personal side. I mean, bringing that into your. What, what I would say, like first is, is we always preach this, which is and we believe this, like focus on the whole person. So if you want a great employee. Get to know the person first what are their goals what are their aspirations? like what makes them get up in the morning and it doesn't have to be something big or glamorous to be a millionaire own a yacht I mean, it can just be simply you know i just want to get out and walk two miles every day great so how do you support that i think as leaders we've gotten so accustomed to like nope can't go into the personal side of things and for sure if somebody says hey i don't want to go there i was advised don't go there you know but Um, over time, this process brings together those two fronts. And like I said, start with the person first. It helps bring that person along into uh, the organization, right? So if if you're a leader out there, you can act as a simple accountability partner to the people that report to you. It doesn't always have to be work-related. Like Ask them, what are you working on this week personally? What are you working on this month? If you want to share, share it. And Act a coach, right? Most leaders out there that have been in that role have an inherent coaching ability. They have a care for their people, but it's weird to me we don't always just bring that in into the fold. And I, I think it's a mistake. And then we need to be talking more about the whole person um, and be curious on that front. It's 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 an important thing that I think we're missing
0: right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's, it's so interesting to work inside of. Different organizations, because there's a there's a very there's a spectrum of how culturally this is, how much culturally this is built in, um, and how protected some people are in dividing what they're focused on in their personal air quotes lives versus their professional. And the reality is that those those two things are very tightly connected. Uh, and we obviously believe in and coach the whole person, and believe in the whole person. And when we get the opportunity to do it, you can see some of these peripheral. Benefits of accountability on both fronts, and what shows up, and and how um, satisfied people are at work, and how much more engaged they are, and how much more fulfilled they are in their in their job when they feel like they're not only f- like fulfilling, they're not only achieving things personally, but their organization or their leaders are bought into them achieving things personally.
1: Yeah, I mean we we were just talking about this, right? We just came off of a uh, a great training with, with, uh, the army, we do a lot of work with them and like, right, they're, they're so trained on the professional side, right. And, and, time and time again, when we get to the personal exercise, right. It's, it's a struggle. And it's like, if you could just apply all of those amazing skills that you learned on this side to that side, like focus on your life too, right. And, and bring that, bring that together um, it is. It's a simple way to, to, to bring that in. But we, we see it time and time again. People don't apply what they're learning on the business front, all the goal setting that they're doing, and maybe they're just tired of it and uh, a lot of different reasons. But I always stress to people, like just find one thing on your personal front that you can goal set just like you do, probably like a boss in the business side. Now bring it over personally and do the same thing and just pick one thing. Now start to set your course out. Right, That's all going to lead back to you setting the foundation for where we started, which is how do you now be accountable to yourself? Learn this like skill of accountability, Um, self-reflection that leads to self-awareness, that drives resilience. Like it's a it's a great recipe for
0: for tackling challenges professionally and personally. Absolutely. And going back to the different forms of accountability and Thinking about this on the personal side, or or on the professional too, but just in the context of personal, somebody's looking to seek out ways to create accountability outside of their immediate sphere. Like perhaps they don't have someone they really feel comfortable with in their personal life, or you know someone inside the home they want to uh, look for for accountability. What are what are some ways they can seek that out um, proactively beyond what they they have in front of them right now?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to selfishly start here because uh, it's what we do. It's how we fulfill our mission, right? We are a coaching and training company. This is what we do. It's what we we, we are experts in all around the one thing approach. So that's my like shameless plug. Um, but we do it well. We change people's lives. That feels much better than any story I shared prior. Um, so I, I love what we do. Love the opportunity to be able to do it. Um, but you got to start somewhere right? And this is where it's like enlist a friend, ask a family member, right? Can you like, like share your goal? I mean, I mean, you'd be surprised, like go throughout your family and ask them, Hey, do you know what my most important goal is to achieve this year? Um, I guarantee you it'd probably be 90% of family or close people even around don't know what that is. Um, a, a story that I'll share preparing for this 50 mile race in November, I have to list support, right? And not only support from my wife to say, hey, I need you to take the baby to school in the morning, Um, but my cousin that's a doctor, right? To make sure that I get the education I need. You've done this type of stuff before enlisting you, right? Lee that we work with in the army, right? Asking him his experience. Like I'm just surrounding people into my goal, And I feel much better with that, right? So it's just an example of how you can do that with just one thing. It doesn't need to be all the things, um, but whatever you pick, whether that's financial, whether it's health, whatever it is, find a person or people that you can bring into your world uh, and do that. If you don't have that, get a coach. If it's not with us, go find a coach, find an accountability coach. The thing that you get the ultimate value out of is not just the work that you do to build the plan, like casting your net out, right? What does five years look like from today? What is three years, one year? But you get a person that can show up every week or every other week to say, did you do those things that you said you were going to do? That's where the self-reflection happens. The discovery process happens where you can identify those things that are getting in your way. That is all accountability. So to summarize that, you yes, ask a question, what can people do? Get a coach, enlist support, bring at least one person into your world to be a partner for you. Um, and we also have a community, by the way, uh, another another plug. We have a community you can enroll in for free where I'm active in there, right? Looking at people's stories. Those are motivators for me. So you can enroll in that. Go to the onething.com slash free resources, scroll to the bottom, click that, put in your information and come and join the community. Say hello and ask for help. Our team's there to support you. And we have some amazing community members uh, out there. So you don't have to go at it alone, but find someone that can uh, hold
0: your feet to the fire. Awesome. And I'd like to go into the, the support uh, thing you're talking about there around enlisting support. And so often and common that when we start to work with someone and Start to dig into what's been their challenge, or they've been struggling to achieve these smaller dominoes on the path to the goal they've set. And oftentimes, it's it's because they haven't and, and done what you described, where you're you're finding people around you to bring them into your world and enlist their support to move you or propel you towards your goals. And it usually always once you dig through boils down to that a someone's environment doesn't really support their goals. And and within that is that the people that they're surrounding themselves by. Aren't necessarily supporting their goals, and so there's ways to be proactive about enlisting support and, and bringing people in. And one of those, if in, in the people around you that are there for you, um, that are willing to help you, but there's some, there's some, there's a higher tier here where if you want to bring a coach into your world, whose job, and you're hiring them to do this, is to help hold you accountable and 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 surface these things that. Uh, you need to identify like the people or the environment that you need to be in to be successful
1: yeah i I love what you said to click in on that, like I question the environment that you currently have and does it support your goals and it's tough sometimes because i mean i I use this 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 personal example, right if we were on a mission to save x amount of money, um I could convince my wife that at the front, but the minute like her core value is travel, I could throw in a trip, she would break that obligation right away, right? And like, I I know that, right? So we kind of have our boundary set of how we do that. We think about our parents, right? My mom, she just, everything's, everything's great, right? I'm fabulous to her and could do no wrong, like probably not a good accountability partner. So you did, you sparked that where I've done that work, maybe not as purposely as I should, but I did share that before, like surround yourself with the people, question your group currently today. It doesn't mean you have to like unfriend them, But that could be actually a case, right? Like social media is a big influence. And if you spend time on it, it's not a bad thing. But think about that. That is, for some people, that is your influence. That's quote unquote your network. So how do you unfollow people? How do you stop seeing things that aren't supportive of your goals? But I think it's such a valuable thing to do in that like self-reflection to ask that question. This is the power that we teach. Just simple questions. Does my environment support the goal that I'm trying to achieve? Yes or no, right? If yes, mm-hmm. maybe, how do you lean more into that? If no, how do you go find that environment? To your point, that could be a community, that could be a coach, that could be a different person that you haven't even thought of. So it's a, it's a great point.
0: Yeah, and what came to mind for me when you were uh, reflecting on the environment, it's also how you view your time, right? So it's this combination of the environment that you. Are creating for yourself intentionally, but also like where are you investing your time? And we, we say this all the time. And it's been around our, our world for a while, this distinction between spending and investing your time. Are you spending time on social media? Or are you using that time to invest in your goals or invest in the things that matter more to you so that you truly start to shift the lens? And it sounds catchy or cliche or whatever to say, like spend versus invest, but truly, like try that. The next time you say the words, I'm going to go spend time doing X, like just try switching that and saying, I'm going to go invest time in Facebook. And you're going to, you're going to think differently about that 15 minutes or 30 minutes and and say, am I investing this in the things that matter most?
1: Yeah, it's, it's so true. I mean, it's such a great point because it does, those are those barriers that are actually preventing you that you don't realize until you start this accountability cycle. Right. And so, these are just, I think, helpful tips to say, hey, think about this stuff beforehand. Um, you're right. I mean, Brooke did a piece on this. I love that she did it because it's transformed the way I think about investing time into vacations versus just spending that PTO. I She did a whole uh, training piece on, I believe it was titled like Purposeful Vacations, right? But my, my mm-hmm. whole uh, takeaway from it is, is I'm going to transform, not just going in with purpose, but it's going to transform how I spend that time on vacation versus actually investing. Like what am I going to do with the kids and the family, like purposefully, right. That's going to give us value. It's going to give us a memory, um, going on vacation and not giving up the, the physical exercise aspect of it. Right. So how do I go into it with purpose and invest that time while still can be on vacation but can still train for a 50 mile race at the end of the year right it's stacking it and now I'm getting ultimate like efficiency so uh, that it's it's a great bring up and that's a great one liner that everyone can ask themselves look at your reflection time and start with that question last week did I spend my time or did I invest it and where did I spend it when I should have been invested it and man that'll that'll unlock a lot of Lot more questions and learnings. It's
0: almost shocking at first. You're like, "Oh no, <laughs> I'm running a deficit on my calendar. I better start flipping this and uh, and thinking about getting an ROI for my for my hours in the week."
1: Yeah, it's crazy, right? Did I, was I doing someone else's job? Am I doing a job that I could actually go have someone else do and then get more of my time back for the twenty percent? Right. All of this, like, don't miss the point. It's like it's all rooted in accountability. I it's not a bad thing holding yourself accountable to ask the tough questions.
0: So we know that there's this scary monster perception of accountability that our our goal is to demystify a little bit for everybody today. Accountability doesn't have to be this like repercussion for your performance. It's it's something you can think about proactively to say how can I leverage accountability to my advantage to help me strategically hit these milestones for the goals that I've set and, and bring accountability into my world proactively? And there's, there's different forms of that. There's some self-needed like needed foundational, self-driven accountability through reflection, through planning, through models of, of use the 411, which breaks your goals down. That's important. You need to leverage models. Don't be entrepreneurial, be purposeful. Do the best that can be done, not just the best that you currently can do. And that's what we mean by that. So that's some self-driven accountability. Then there's that next tier that is, how do you bring somebody else in? It can be someone close to you in your world. It can be an uh, accountability partner at it's a peer. Uh, you can go a tier above that and you can hire someone into your world. And we believe that is the function of a coach and something that we're very, very proud of. It's our one thing. And what we think we do best, and we hope that if you believe there's value in and seeking out coaching, that you'll choose us. And it's uh, something that we we are very proud of. Uh, beyond that, one-on-one coaching, there's there's also group accountability. And you talked about that culturally inside of an organization or inside of your family. Like, how do you create cultures of accountability and and drive that so it shows up? And like we talked about with our teammate Brooke, it's it's built in. Like. She's going she's gonna to call us out if we don't hit our, our timelines and our deliverables. And, and that's something you want to seek. There's also, like we talked about with hiring, or like I talked about with hiring a coach, you can also go seek out groups that that's what they do. That in groups, they, they are like-minded individuals that are trying to support each other. Um, if you want to go um, seek that out outside of your sphere, or it's not something that's built into your organization currently. And also something you hope, we hope you'll consider us for. Uh, when you're thinking about uh, hiring a coach?
1: Yeah, I mean, you brought up uh, group coaching. You know, we're, we just kicked that off uh, last month. We're starting to build out those those groups. I mean, that's a great way to jump in and have collective accountability, shared goals. Um, you'll have peer accountability. And uh, again, it's your chance of success as you go throughout, right? You're going on a journey. You don't have to do it alone. To your point, I think find one of those ways that you can at least get a form of accountability and uh, it's going to just catapult you on your, on your destination.
0: Awesome. Jeff, it's been so much fun having you on the podcast today and getting yeah. you to share your experience and and talk through accountability. If, if you could have all of our listeners just take away one thing from the conversation today, what would you have them take away?
1: Oh, there's a lot of things, but I, I know how this goes. I can only pick one. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I will. I, I think if, what's the one thing you could do that would make everything else easier and necessary for you, right? we're all We're all on a journey. And I know everyone that's listening to this has some type of a goal. So if I was going to say, do one thing, find one person to enlist support around that goal and be specific with them. Tell them the job that you need them to do. You need to be my accountability partner. I need you to check in daily. Like, I need you to take this seriously. And I think that could be the most transformative thing that somebody can experience to kind of get over this word that we started with, right? Accountability. Don't say that. Say this. Say that. No, it is. Like, bring it to your life. Find one person. And I truly believe it will transform the way that you achieve those goals. So that's what I would share.
0: Well said. Well, uh, Jeff Marshall, Commander-in-Chief, President of The One Thing, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. It was a pleasure having you, man. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. All right. Bye, everybody.
1: Thanks for listening to The One Thing Podcast. If
0: you're a bold risk taker who wants to dream big and achieve a higher level of success in your life or business, visit TheOneThing.com. There, you'll find information on one-on-one coaching, our exclusive community membership program, and customized workshops that will help you get your team or organization aligned and rowing in the same direction. That's T-H-E, the number one, dot com to start living the life you've always dreamed of today. Be sure to follow the show to stay up to date on weekly episodes, guest interviews, and more. Plus, we would love to hear from you. Send us a voice note by going to speakpipe.com slash the one thing or email us at podcast at the one dot com. We'll see you next week.